Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. This is Chizo from the editing booth. We had some major technical difficulties during the recording of this uh, episode, which you'll find out in just a moment. Uh, luckily, I do have the backup audio. The backup audio is not great, but I still hope that you enjoy the episode and uh, hopefully everything's fixed for the next one. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Chizo. Supercoach is open for 2023. We can get in there and start mucking around with our sides. <laughs> this might also be the first time that you're seeing this face on camera on YouTube talking about fantasy sports for a little while anyway. With me, I've got Pistol to talk all things 2023, mate. How are you going, champion? I'm excited. Um, this is a, a big step, you know. You can you can see our faces. I've uh, gone out beforehand, put on a bit of fake tan. That's all you can see. <laughs> um, you know, it's hide how pale I am. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's very exciting times. <laughs> I actually had to change the color temperature of your lights, Pistol, yeah. just so you stood out from the background because when it was just a, it was a white no, light just... and not a warm yellow light. Uh, like I've got in the background here, we actually couldn't see you. It was just like a floating head. It just disappeared into the uh, uh, the blur there, mate. Um, another big big news that we've had over the off-season is we finally launched drsupercoach.com.au, our merch store. If you do want to go um, pick up some some threads, some hoodies, some caps, things like that, you can go check it out. You can't get these that we're rocking no. right now. This, this is bespoke <laughs> rivalry league only. Um, but there is some good stuff over there at drsupercoach.com.au. Go and check it out. Um, Pistol, let's jump straight into it, mate. We've got some big changes coming to Supercoach. Obviously, we've got the additional round in 2023 uh, with the Magic Round, the Gather Round. 
Um, we're getting an extra trade this year, mate. So you, your little itchy trigger finger. <laughs> I already the trade used it. Be... <laughs> God. <laughs> I, I still, I'm still thrilled to announce that you were the first person to run out of uh, boosts before we even got our hands on them last year. So that, that's yep. a record that you, you've the trade's set originally. gone already. So here we go. <laughs> Launch day, used it. <laughs> um, 36 trades uh, up from 35 last year. Um, pretty straightforward decision considering that we yeah. had the extra round. It's a fair, it, one one extra round, one extra trade. You know, it's just a solid fair trade. I don't think there has to be any, you know, uh, later pick swaps or anything to, to, to settle it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> is, is that going to make you a little bit more hungry to go hard with the trading early? We'll talk a little bit about the, uh, the buy structure changes as well. Mm. Um, but the additional trade, I mean, we say this every year, when you've got 35, 36 trades over the last few years, even with all the carnage that we've had, we've still found ourselves with a couple of trades to bury us, uh, to get us out from being buried right at the end of the year. Is that just more incentive to go, kind of that that take value early and just churn those those trades over, trying to make that cash as quick as possible? Yeah, I think if we just you know have a bit of a recap from last season and look at what happened with I guess the successful teams, and it was a, a lot of value picks that were taken that went up in price. The trade boosts were used to bring in. You know, sometimes even more value, and people were really able to complete their teams, you know, exceptionally quickly. And I was thinking, well, I don't know if this is, you know, a once-off event. It could have just been a particularly good year for the mid prices, but having an extra trade is another, you know, little helpful bailout option. You know, if things do go wrong, just gives you that tiny bit of extra confidence that you might need to take the plunge and move towards more of, I guess, value selections in your starting team. So, for me that does impact at least the mindset shift. Um, and, you know, if I was a bit more hesitant on moving further away from Guns and Rookies, I mean, obviously I was going to move away from it, but but even further away, yeah. I think this this does kind of help a little bit just with, with my uh, <laughs> keeping me calm. <laughs> and I think I've been pretty vocal about the fact that I feel like my starting squad last year and my strategy of um, trying to avoid those trap kind of players that had the high risk um, definitely didn't suit the new, the new rules last year and it took you know the entire season for me to kind of claw my way back in that respect um, so it sounds like what you're saying is last year was it really affirmed in your mind that those extra trades are to kind of expedite getting the, the those players into your team and, and maybe even taking some extra risk in terms of some of those mid prices and those um, those 350 to 400k yep. players we ordinarily would avoid you're more inclined to take those because that you, you may only need 80 to 100k to to make that trade worthwhile given that they're probably going to score more points and even with the boosts as well Chizo, i mean it'll be more like hey you know this guy might be only 400k who's pumped out you know three hundreds in a row I'm, I'm talking specifically about darcy cameron um last year i looked at him and i was like well it's Darcy Cameron, is he really going to keep up 100 average for the rest of the season? And he almost did from that point onwards. Um, yeah. I think it was 97 or so. So if you see those value options appear compared to last year where we were, I think, a little gun-shy of jumping on those types of plays because historically you know, it hasn't worked out super well, um, just with the additional trades. And if I can keep my upgrade cadence, you know, I can, I can downgrade and upgrade and then I can just boost and also sideways trade a rookie to a Darcy Cameron and just like have yeah. a free, free shot at a potential premium. I think you know, strategically that's what I'm going to move towards uh, this season and an extra trade obviously will help with that. 
Yeah, obviously we've got some uh, some other changes in terms of uh, the the Supercoach site getting a, a revamp and a lot of new rules. And mm-hmm. um, I, I'm sure the draft docs will talk about a lot of the Keeper League stuff that has been completely almost built up from scratch, the amount of changes that have been happening happening over there, which are going to be yeah. awesome. I'm really looking forward to. Um, the, the, the next big change that um, we've got this season because of uh, the additional round is we've got four buy rounds this year. Piston. We've got 12, 13, 14, and 15 this year. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the first thing that stands out to me, apart from the fact um, that we've got four of them, is that round 15 is when I kind of, I'm done. You know, my, my, my team's done. Should and be earlier, now Chiso. <laughs> now, I've got, now I've got six teams that are going to be missing that round. So, like, yeah. are we... Are, are, are we delaying trying to, you know, we if, if, I, if I go through the um, uh, the buys to begin with, uh, round 12, we've got the Lions, Dockers, Saints and Swans. Round 13, we've got the Suns and the Cats. Round 14, Crows, Magpies, Bombers, Hawks, Ds and Eagles. And round 15, super fantasy relevant this year, we've got the Blues, Giants, Roos, uh, Port Power, Tigers and the Bulldogs. Yeah. There's there's easily five or six players in, in terms of top end premiers that we could have in our sides even to begin the year from those. Um, are these buyers changing the way that you're thinking about making your starting squad at all? A little um, more than probably previous years. I think you have to consider that we're going to finish our teams earlier as we did last year for the first time. You know, with all these boosts, we we got our teams done much yeah. more quickly. And that meant we didn't have, I guess, the luxury of upgrading a rookie to a premium, you know, in the final round of the buy or, or you know, mm. taking advantage of players coming off their buy because our teams were done. So we didn't need to do that. Um, yeah. I don't think I, I think I used the least amount of trades I've ever used through the buys last season because my team was done. And I wasn't really I was like, oh, I guess I'll trade Grundy out when he was injured. But outside of that, <laughs> there was no real I think it was you know, all the Ruckman Mary got around. But outside yeah, yeah. of those injuries, I wasn't actively, you know, getting, making my team any better um, through yeah. upgrading and downgrading. So this year, <laughs> looking at it, I think there's opportunities to select players that are in that ladder buy rounds, particularly from GWS and North Melbourne, these mid prices where I would feel comfortable holding on to them only as long as you need to, right? Like, if you don't need mm. to hold them all the way to round 15. If you get to round 13 and you're like, well, they're the last two players in my side, I could upgrade them or hold them to their to their buy. No, I'll just use a boost if I need to. I'll just trade them out for round 12 premiums who have just played because the round 12 premiums are also really good. So if yeah. I'm trading in Jack Steele after his buy and I'm trading out, you know, a Tom Green or an LDU who have the final buy, I mean, to me, that sounds like a fantastic idea so when i'm looking for those mid prices i'm looking at those mid prices that have the later buy rounds unless they're you know if they're going to be exceptional i'm going to pick them regardless of their buy rounds but if i'm on the fence and choosing between two which i am in the midfield um or choosing between three you know i'm taking the ones with that later buy round just for that reason i something you mentioned in there um so, like the the whole thesis around that is picking someone later on because they've got more time to appreciate, and then because they were the last buyer, and you can flick them to someone else who's coming off the buy. We've yeah. now got three sets of buyers um, of players that will be coming off. Another thing that is just uh, kind of clued on to me is we we used to having sort of round fourteen 
But like a lot of the rookies, we kind of get pinched, and we'd love to have them for like an extra fortnight to get, make that that final bit of cash to help us upgrade our sides. And we feel like you know, around ten or eleven, we're suddenly downgrading people that you know we otherwise wouldn't have. Mm. Um, it, it's almost like having those twelve teams from round fourteen onwards having the buy. We've actually got some extra weeks to use in terms of rookies generating that cash, so our hands may yeah, not be true. as forced to make trades like in that that ten eleven. Yeah. In preparation of building the war chest, I like. I, I think that's actually probably going to be beneficial to us as well. That's a really good point, Chizo. I didn't consider that. I think now that round thirteen only has Geelong and Gold Coast, there's not yeah. a necessity to upgrade that week if you don't need to. You can hold the rookies that round because realistically, you're going to have one, maybe two premiums from Geelong and, and Gold Coast combined, and therefore, if you're going to have a full twenty-two players and you you're playing some rookies. I mean, you're going to have four chances before they drop out of your, you know, best 18. It's unlikely you're going to get five bad scores. You know, touch wood. You've been doing oh, this for no. years Why? and you're not learning. <laughs> but, you know, you, I think you can hold on the extra week and make that little bit more cash. I mean, last season situation, um, I think going into the buys was around that many people traded out Nick Dacos and then he just exploded um, yeah. throughout the yeah. buys. And if, if you knew that you just had to make it through the round 12 and then round 13 was going to be easy, maybe you would have just held him for that extra yeah, one yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. He scores 140 and next thing you know, you've got a five-round average of 120 or whatever he had in that, that t- period of time. So, yeah, geez, I think that's very possible that that happens and does make um, a difference in, in how we play you know, rookies through the buys and our cash gen and all of it. Interesting. And I think it's also important to mention we can say now that um, it's going to be best 18 for all the buy rounds. So yeah. there's been a bit of curiosity about whether round 13 is going to be still best 22 because we're only missing two teams. Um, it's definitely going to be best 18 for all the buy rounds. So early on, there's only four teams and then two teams to begin the buy rounds. It, there's every chance that we're not going to be as hard hit in terms of the players that we're losing and and sort of forced into making these moves that we're talking about that we, we mm. otherwise um, uh, would have had to do. So, so that's super interesting. Um, in terms of the AFL, in terms of rule trades, we've now got the fifth bench player, the tactical sub pistol. Yep. I want to know your thoughts on that first and then I want to hear your super coach intuition and where that's <laughs> leading you. I'm thankful that the AFL made it a tactical sub because I always thought it was silly that, you know, one team could technically be using it tactically. I'm sure we all know uh, of an AFL team that used the sub a lot more than all <laughs> of the other AFL teams. Um, and it seemed tactical. And then the other team just like couldn't sub. I always thought it would make sense. Like if one team uses their sub, then the other team should be able to use theirs, you know, irregardless if they had an injury, just so that, you know, if you bring up fresh legs, the other team bring up fresh legs. So they're not, you know, advantaged by it. So, um, I'm all for the rule. I think it makes it's it's just a very fair change compared to what it was, and also it brings out more strategies of, you know, what what sort of teams are the AFL teams going to bring on game day? You know, yeah. how are they going to bring now two ruckmen? I mean, I'm, I'm going to delve straight into the super coach part of it, but what is a sub? 
No, it, well, I, I think they will bring two Ruckman into a game, not as a sub. Oh, right. They will use two and sub out, out one of them. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. earlier in the game, you know, if it's not working yeah. half-time or three-quarter time, whatever, <laughs> whatever like, they want to risk. <laughs> I, I think it's common. I mean, a lot of teams have two Ruckman now. I mean, Fremantle yeah. probably aren't going to sub out theirs because they're both very good. Yeah. Um, Melbourne have gone. Darcy will be injured. And, He'll probably get subbed anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not speaking any lies there, but Gordon Grundy, if Melbourne are dominating, I can see one of them just being rested for the sake of just being rested, which yeah. they haven't really had the luxury to like physically say, hey, Gordon, you're going to sit on the bench and you're actually not going to come back on. Um, yeah. There's those options. Hawthorne have many rucks, too many rucks. Um, so the teams that have, I guess, more than one ruck, Brisbane as well, they're going to play both of them, I think, and, and have an early sub. And, on the other hand, if your team's only got one ruck, well, then have a look at the rookies that are going to be played, Chiso, mm-hmm. because we know what happens when a rookie just is having a stinker. Sometimes <laughs> there's nothing they can do to get get you know caught up in the game. They just end up yeah. flopping in the game and just looking panicked and terrible. And, hey, great, Jack, we can Jack just Hinnom. sub you out. <laughs> Why would you pick the, the best pressure, under-pressure performer player? <laughs> no, he said flopping, and I was like, you know, never mind. Come on. Um, I just, I just want to go back. I heard you say irregardless, and I'm like, wait, is that a word? Regardless, it's, yeah. It's a non-standard word that most people find nonsensical, but it means the same thing as regardless. So I'm going to give yeah. you a point for that. And uh, I, was, I mean, I was, or minus a point. I'm not sure. Nonsensical, but it's technically a word. Um, the thing that worries me is with this this extra position that we have, are we going to see it used for these young types that, you know, they might only want to get 20% game time and then all these rookies that were hoping are going to generate cash and yep. in two weeks' time, Finlay McRae is going to get another 30 touches and break his way in and suddenly get games. Suddenly these guys are playing 20% game time every week and we've got all these rookies that are just generating nothing. It, do you see any risk of that happening or is, are they going to use that tactical sub as, you know, like a mature body that comes in to do a specific job ahead of time because they've got a tactic behind it or they're just going to use it for young kids? Look, it, it depends on the team and their depth, right? So, so yeah. different clubs will use it differently, but I'm less concerned about someone just subbing on every week and getting that 20% game time because I feel like those players will kind of know not to pick. We'll say, hey, there's too much risk there. Yeah. Let's yeah. probably stay away from them. I'm worried about the players that they sub off out of nowhere and completely kill their cash generation. So yeah, we're yeah. talking the Will Ashcroft type. You know, you're thinking, oh, great, you know, this guy has been born ready for AFL for the last, like, four years, and he's going to be playing, let's say, five games in a row, and he's, he's scoring in the 80s, and you're like, oh, this kid's amazing. And then one day they're just like, oh, yeah, we just we can sub you out at halftime just for a rest. We're doing well. And then all of a sudden he scored, like, 25 and his cash gen's dead for the next like three weeks and he's lost 50k and you're like well he was a he was a you know uh, i wanted to upgrade him and you know now i can't take my investment out and just have to hold him for an extra period of time so even though and and when you're picking more mid prices there's risks with all the mid prices that they might be the sub well maybe not all of them but some of them i mean people are hot on taron thomas and flanders and i mean taron thomas wasn't even the best 22 last year and now they've added in more players and now he's going to be best 22 because he had a position change but what if he's bad in one of the games and he's like still fringe 22 i mean he could definitely be subbed out if he's gone quiet i mean 
Unfortunately for him, he had, what, three touches in a game once? What do you think happens at halftime when he's sitting on two touches? He's probably getting subbed out. Doesn't He doesn't get that third touch, Jizo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know exactly exactly what you're talking about is that and, and this is something that I had to think about because it's been a few years since we've had to worry about this is when we had the green and red vest you know scenario is even back then when it was first brought in there was a little bit of gamesmanship going mm. around when someone was playing really badly that oh suddenly we're injured and they get subbed now there's no there's nothing standing in the way of being like pistol you suck in the forward line, you suck in the back line, you suck in the midfield, put the red vest on, and we'll get a good player to come in. They've got that every single game of every round has that potential now. Yep. And I, I think, not that it's going under the radar, but I just feel like we need to be cognizant that it's going to happen it. you love way, <laughs> way more than we're probably giving it credit for because it, it's going to happen. Players are going to be having yep. an absolute stinker and they're going to be, you're out. I think... It might impact some. So we had some like sneaky good forward rookies uh, last year, and I think if you look at the I guess size profile of some of these rookies, I mean like Jack Hayes is is a big boy, but even if you look um, smaller, like like much smaller, um, we had um, a couple of uh, the the North Melbourne um, forward pockets. Like any of those guys, if they didn't get the you know, obviously, if they were named in the squad and they were playing, then we're like, oh, okay, like maybe they need to kick a goal or two to be able to score a 60 or 70 and increase their price. But once you know they were named, there wasn't that risk that they were going to be like subbed out unless they were injured. So yeah. now I got to think, well, if I'm picking a North Melbourne forward pocket, it's possible it gets to half time, they haven't got a sniff, the ball's not even gone there, and they just sub them off because they can. And that wasn't a risk in the last couple of years. Um, so even though they were like, I guess like, um, you know, quotation mark, dodgier picks because you're picking the worst team in the competition last year's small forward, um, yeah. you at least knew they were going to play the whole game. Now I can't yes. even guarantee that when I'm picking these small forwards from these clubs that don't score many goals. So oh, no. there's, there's more risks in those clubs. Um, and the reason I mentioned Jack Hayes, obviously it goes the same way. You, 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 your 190 plus guys might come in for their first game not get anywhere near it and also then be subbed out. Yeah. I think that's the higher higher chance, really, if they're not getting into it at all, which there wasn't last year. So there's a lot of increased risk in a lot of these rookie picks. It's it's going to be about choosing the right rookies at the right time and it's a bit scary, Chase. <laughs> I, I, I've just had a brainwave I know. about what the worst situation is. Okay. One of these rookies we desperately don't want to get subbed getting subbed for one of our rookies that is the sub. And so we have sub, <laughs> sub squared in terms of... I, I'm, I'm trademarking that, sub squared. You know, just, so w- when it happens in round one, ah, sub squared happened. Not picking Look. any rookies from the same team. <laughs> That's how I'm avoiding it. <laughs> never, it'll never happen to me that way. Oh, no. Um that's cool. Uh, I think that that's a, a really good breakdown on what could potentially impact um, Supercoach in terms of the, the tactical sub that, that we're calling it now. Mm. Um, we talked about some of the players that we liked in December when the team picker first came out. I know some yep. of the, uh, the the names that you really, really uh, were keen on. Have any of those changed in the last month? Now that we're getting some pre-season form, we're getting some injury reports, players are playing in different positions. Um 
have you gone away from your original thingy? Because I was surprised when I looked at, because I've saved a screenshot of my team when I first opened, and I've looked at it now, and yes, there's some different names, but like structures, for, for better or worse, pretty similar. I feel like I've kept my structure, but my names on my page have been shuffled a lot yeah. since the launch. Um, if you want me to name specific names, I think during the launch, uh, I had LDU as my only, uh, well, alongside Hopper, um, but I take that one for granted, as my like cheaper premium. But yeah. as we've gone, you know, the, the last couple of weeks, I've, I've looked at that, I guess, market that price range and seeing that there's you know Cornelio, noah anderson ben keys Jaden short you know what happens if he goes back um tom green chad warner um i guess you've got butters as well if you're not starting in the forward line and i don't have butters and tom well, <laughs> are you accusing and, me of having butters <laughs> no tom mitchell <laughs> as well and all of them are in that same price range and i just yeah. thought to myself like look one oh, of them's no. doing well for sure, right? Like, I, I'd be shocked if all yeah. of them did badly. Like, one, one's breaking out and doing well, so I need to have at least one slot. I'm like, that's a lot of names for only one to do well. Probably two are going to do well, to be honest. And I, I took out one of my uh, premium midfielders, uh, McRae, actually. Jeez, surprised because yeah. I was really hot on him. But I've taken out McRae and I've put in Tom Green um, just to take advantage of that price point. I have two players in that price range and that's so that I have that flexibility to jump on any of these guys if they have a fast start. I know last season what hurt me was I had the top-end premium midfielders last year and then when Cripps was banging out those big scores, it was really hard for me to be able to shift my team around and get him in because for me to get him in, realistically it would have required me to do like a took miller or maybe a, a mccray down to crips and that's a, that's a huge call to make at like round two because like, who yeah. would do that yeah. um so it's too small to do something like that yeah that's right and then you know i didn't get him and then i didn't get him and i was like oh boy he's he's <laughs> averaging 140 and i still don't have him in my side i'm gonna have to get him now you know you know 530k or whatever it is um and it just not having that flexibility at that price points was really punishing. Um, so this year, I'm looking at those players. And, and to be fair, last year, I didn't like any of those players in the price point. Um, I, it, you know, I, Obviously, I guess you could say Cripps was a win, but I don't know if there was any other massive wins at that price range. I mean, Tom Green was okay. He really wasn't you know, a huge win. But this year, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> you changed confident. your tune from round 10 last year, let me say. You, you tune on Tom Green... In 2022, it's changed a little bit. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's say oh, that. God. Okay, yeah. Well, it probably doesn't doesn't help me that I went with Tom Green <laughs> over Crips after round <laughs> one, and then was like, "What do I do? My midfield's almost complete, and I don't have a spot for Crips." And then I was, you know, chasing tail that whole time. But um, looking at those names, I feel pretty confident that more than one is going to be very good. Um, so I'm leaving myself the flexibility by choosing two that I can adapt and I can be quick at getting the ones that are flying. And, you know, if that is a forward, like a Butters or a Cornelio, great, that's fine. I'll get them and I'll hold them on midfield until I can, you know, flick them forward. And that is a reason, Chizo, that I really wanted to say because I've I've seen a lot of teams um, and this is something that has been 
I guess, worrying me. Mm. There will be DPP changes. Yeah. We can't forget there's going to be changes. Last season, Libba, Bont, Parker, all of these guys, top-tier forwards. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bailey Smith was there until he was you know, injured, suspended, whatever. But think about how happy we are as a whole of the forwards. I mean, people, you're locking in Dunkley, that's fine. And then people are locking in you know, Taranto or Rosie, um, Canelio, Butters, whatever it is. That's a lot of forwards already. Mm. So if you're, if you're like me and you're looking at your forward line, and you're like, okay, I've got a Dunkley, I've got a Rosie, I've got a Taranto. Maybe you have a Darcy Cameron in your ruck line. Okay, that's four. Now I'm leaving myself... LDU and Tom Green midfield. And what if the two mid-prices that absolutely burst out are Butters and Canelio? I can get them, but that's six, Chizo. That's my forward line yeah. done, and DPP changes haven't been factored in. Yeah. So I think it's it's just something that we need to remember going into the season that we don't want to set, we don't want to commit, like overcommit to our forward line premiums this early. Yeah, Like we want to be able to take advantage when you know, the opportunities arise. I'm pretty scared looking at a lot of the teams that are seeing, you know, four premiums. I, I see a Dunkley, a Cornelio, Taranto, and then a Port Boy forward line often. Mm. And then I see Cameron in the ruck and I'm like, oh boy, what are you doing here? Because your forward line's nearly set and there's going to be DPP changes. And, and that screams to me as, as a mistake. So I definitely wanted to identify that this early in the preseason so we don't all get caught up um, making you know our teams um, and not thinking that through. So yeah, yeah. sorry for the rant, Chizo. <laughs> I love your rants, mate. Um, I, I think what you said is completely on par with what you came up with last year as well. Like it was one of the things I think I vaguely remember you like making a, an argument. What if Max Gorn became uh, got forward status if if Jackson took off? You know, like. Um, there are things that you just can't account for, but you can factor in almost like a, a stress relief valve, let's call it, that break glass in case of emergency situation. Yep. But you can't do that if you've clogged up your, one of your, your lines. I, I think over the last probably three weeks, particularly in Slack, it's transitioned from everyone definitely starting like four forward premiums. And I'm think, sitting here thinking like, I get that's where the premiums are compared to Let's say the back line. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a, uh, uh, there's probably not the four or five absolute standout options that you wish you could start, mm. um, as a, as opposed to the forward line. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have to clog it up. Yeah. Um, so I, I think what you're saying there is um, completely spot on. But we will still be dictated by rookies. We'll still be dictated um, by injuries and preseason form and stuff like that. Um, and so you might end up. We might end up having three definitively in the forward line and then maybe a breakout option like let's say Fife for example gets announced he's playing midfield all of a sudden <laughs> I, I, can, I can see an argument for putting, uh, putting a player like that in four but I really don't want to go into the season with four plus another swing I know is d- destined to end up in the forward line so um, I think that's really really important um, in terms of Specific players, yeah. Like you mentioned. I didn't answer your question, did I? <laughs> yeah, I, I know you talked about um, LDU being the first cow off the rank. I've got to say, he was one that I probably didn't pay enough attention to last year. Like, I remember everyone saying, Oh, this is going to be his breakout year. And I remember kind of mid year, he was just, you know, ambling along doing yeah. 80s and 90s from memory. 
Um, but his end of the season, I think after the bye, he had maybe one sub turn when he got attention against maybe the Bombers. So I, I, I can absolutely see him being their number one um, midfielder. So I can absolutely see where that came from. I know with all the departures, I can see Tom Green being another mid, uh, a mid for the Giants. A bunch of these, and even with Tom Mitchell, like he, he didn't have the role that he had last year, um, uh, uh, like that he's had in previous years. He goes to the uh, the Pies. Is he suddenly going to be played as a, a on-board midfielder predominantly compared to his, his flank-type role? There's absolutely an argument for four or five of these guys being the breakout. Um, and I like that you said that you've left two spots in there as opposed to getting an uber premium because you know... Which whatever one is going to be the breakout is going to be a one fifteen plus this year. You want to get on it? Yeah, I think there's a very conservative look at these mid prices at the moment. Uh, what I see online, a lot of people are, I guess, being instructed, somewhat instructed, to choose just one of them as the risk mm. is too high. But and and whilst I would generally agree with that because that's you know the stock standard year in year out. It's just this particular year there's more options than previous years and people often forget that you can trade a midfielder in for that spot so we're talking you know the Canelio because uh, I mean it's very possible Canelio is the standout GWS midfielder as well um, and you can trade them to you know the midfielders to those forwards so there's many many good options um, more than probably honestly more than I can remember in any year in like the last decade in that price range. So yeah. I feel comfortable choosing two. I, I mean, honestly, three might even work if you get lucky. I, I think that's that's just like one step too far for me. Um, but if the winner at the end of the year started with three of them, I also would not be surprised because they're yeah, good yeah. players, really good players in that price range. Um, but Chizu, to answer your question about players that have come in, come out, uh, there's been minor movement. I think the biggest one is um, five has fallen out just based yeah. on him playing, you know, as a, a pure forward so far in the, the preseason. So he, he's dropped out of my initial side. I think uh, Marshall has come back into my side. I think uh, it's looking more and more clear that despite their forward line woes, it's not Marshall's uh, role to fill it. It looks like Campbell's injured yeah. himself. So there's, they don't really have other ruck options. They kind of have other forward options whilst you know, King seems a little bit ahead of his recovery as well. So I'm feeling okay um, with Marshall and it saves a little bit of money over someone like English or Wits. So you, you can bank that and spend it on a mid-pricer. What I did with that money specifically is uh, went down back and upgraded uh, Mr. Liam Jones, who was more of a placeholder at that time, and upgraded him to Yo, who is getting that midfield Training time doesn't really mean that he won't get injured in the first 15 minutes of the first round, but I at least like where it's heading. I mean, we're quick to forget because it's been a long time, Jizo, but Prime Yo was a bloody good footballer and he averaged, you know, 115 odd in Supercoach. And, and he is listed as a defender. So you're, when, if he actually is going to play as a midfielder, that risk is, I guess, a little bit lower, but. Um, it's still there, but he, he can be a phenomenal footballer on his day. So for now, you know, sitting here in January, um, I've, I've, <laughs> I've popped him into my side as one of my latest yeah. updates. And you know what? You've got eight weeks to contemplate how big a mistake that would be. <laughs> um, mate, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> in terms of um, uh, players that I swapped out, my structure's been pretty much the same. A lot of the premiums that I did have are just kind of sideways in between. I've had Sicily in for bits. I've had um, Stewart in for a while. I've had Dawson in and then suddenly heard that he was playing um, less off the halfback and more on a wing roll. I was like, oh, I don't want that. So he, like, it has been a little bit of a, a merry-go-round. I think the important ones um, have been Marshall. I, I was actually more confident on Marshall um, before the injury. I forget. Um, it was coming back from his ACL. Help me out here. Help me Jack out. Hayes. Yes, that's it. Sorry. Um, yeah, I was more confident until uh, he re-injured himself. Um, so, yeah, there, there's there's certainly... Um, uh, I still like Tim English. I think he's going probably not getting the love that he deserved based on how good his year was last year. Uh, Rory Lobb's already had a rolled ankle. Not supposed to be overly bad, but I, I just... I, I see him just continuing on what his, what his role was last year. So um, he's been sort of a key point of difference at R1 for me compared to a lot of the teams that I'm seeing in Slack at the moment that are going, you know, Marshall and Darcy R1, mm-hmm. R2. Um, so that's probably the point of difference in terms of what I'm doing. I've, d- I've gone Oliver, Bontempelli, McRae, LDU, Hopper as my five. Um, I'm kind of sticking to the... Um, I've, got a, I've got a leading question in a second, but... I'm kind of picking the top in each line um, as like a, the the solid player that I want in that line. So Oliver gives me captaincy options. He's also absolutely going to be in the top handful in terms of um, the midfield. And that allows me to take a little bit more risk in terms of, I think McRae without um, Dunkley and same with Bont, they're both going to have big upticks. I think McRae is also underpriced based on a bad year last year and a bad role. So literally all he has yeah. to do is go Dunkley back into gone. a similar role. And then you take Dunkley out. Remember, remember he was priced with Dunkley in the team the year before. We know what yep. you can do with Dunkley. So um, I, I have... Upsides there, yeah. Up, upside is there. Would you, Looking at me right now, do you think that you would say McRae is going to average worse than what he did last year? I probably think it's... It, you wouldn't, wouldn't make that suggestion more than yeah. like... It's, it's odds on that that doesn't happen. So, yeah. So, Chiso, don't mean to cut you off. Just wondering, yeah. you know, it's tech issues uh, potentially on the cards. Let's just say I forgot to delete some things on my computer before we started this podcast and I've run out of memory and my recording has stopped. No! Is fine for... Is, are you recording this on your end and we can still upload it or <laughs> am I going to have to start this again? To everyone on YouTube, we're going to go to a quick ad break and we'll see you right back. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, welcome back. Pistol, the next thing that I want to do, and this is a little bit controversial. I'm going to ask you a question here. I want to know your thoughts. Yep. Is, is Guns and Rookies dead? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's dead. It's dead as the definition that we knew it. So I'm talking yep. 13 premiums. Um, that was the traditional guns and rookies was essentially 13 premiums and rookies, no mid prices at all. Um, and you know, the general strategy there is rookies accumulate price quickly and you, you cull them and, you know, you upgrade, try and upgrade quickly through that because they make more money than mid prices. Um, but that's really good when you have limited trades and you need to lock in 13 premiums to start the season and you only have, let's say, Back in the day, if you, if you had 20 trades, 24 trades, or even 30 trades, um, you know, you're more than halfway there to completing your site where people would struggle. But with 36 trades and boosts, yeah, uh, I think we can afford to take a couple more mid prices, some, you know, fewer premiums to start the season. I think there's a shift. Um, that did happen last year. We're just maybe a little bit slower to react, but we can we can call it early this preseason that, yeah, that 13 premium idea is dead in the water. Yeah. I think uh, we're down to an 11 and 12 is the, the new template moving forward. Uh, I'd be surprised if 10... I mean, I'm, I'm sure 10 could be viable, but it's it feels a little less templatey. I think I feel like it's it's we're now down to 11 and 12, and that means that that's the death of uh, Guns and Rockies. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, speaking of controversial opinions, Nick Dacos uh, isn't a premium. He's, uh, he, he's, he's expensive, but he has never been proven, Pistol, and I can see you nodding your head in agreement right oh, now. That's not what my reaction <laughs> is, but, yeah, I mean, you can, you can say uh, okay. that if you want. For the podcast I, 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 I had to get that in there. Um, the, the reason I bring it up, and um, it, it is certainly um, – I agree with everything you're saying. I think the thing that I'm finding most difficult is I've had nearly a decade of playing this game this one particular way, and as much as I can break down the rules and and kind of analyse it and give advice, and you know, we all, we're constantly you and I talking backwards and forwards about strategies and stuff like that. When I go and pick a side, I'm still finding myself. I've got I've got one two that I would class as mid prices. So I've got bows at two seventy eight. And I've got Hopper at three thirty-two, and that's it. That, that that that's pretty similar to what you'd have in a in a normal year. Even in in twenty twenty-one, when I went uh, reasonably well, we had a couple mid prices in there, like um, Clark from the Cats and and whatnot. So, is it leading? Are you looking at your side and recognizing that you need to go chase more value? You're going, oh yes, I've got. Uh, uh, like I've got Oliver, Bontepelli and McRae, and yes, they're probably slightly underpriced, but are they the value picks that we're looking for and I should drop, like you have, McRae for uh, agreeing that the, the price per point kind of ratio and relationship there is much better? I mean, I have, so it would be hard for me yeah. to be like, no, don't do it, Chizo, that's terrible. Um, Not that one specific example, but over yeah. your whole side, are you looking going, oh, I've got Oliver, I've got McRae. Hey, um, I've got Salem, Yo, Flanders. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, so, so answering my question, you're absolutely going, this middle bracket that we've never touched with a 10-foot yeah. hole, 
Yeah. I, I'm getting the ladle out and I'm scooping them all into my I'm, team. I'm absolutely scooping. I mean, maybe not all of them. There's some that I, I will pass on, but I'm, and, I'm scooping. And yo, I'm, I'm full of scoops right now. Yeah, and you will be pooper scooping is what you'll be doing when he's in your sight. So <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that sorts out really well. Um, yeah, so I, I certainly think that that is something that the game is definitively changed now. And yep. as much as we, we want to go... Um, oh, how many 123,000 rookies can I stuff into my side? You, you throw in some of those factors that we've talked about in, ter- in, in the tactical sub and things like that, and that guns and rookies isn't... Not that it's not viable. It's definitely still... You can still make a fantastic team. I've seen some really good teams that have got 12, 13 premiums this year. But then in reflection, is it really suiting the game style that the best coaches are going to have? And we've seen... A for fantasy coaches come over to Supercoach and dominate last year using the same strategy that they've had for four or five years. I think that's an absolute flashing amber light saying, you know, pay attention. I mean, it's it goes back to my experiences last year with not being able to get Crips in quickly. It, the same thing, Hewitt and Sicily down back. If mm. you didn't have more than one option to drop down to, I, I can't remember my exact defensive structure. I think for the off the top of my head, I had I went four premiums deep. I think I had Whitfield at D4, and it just meant that I couldn't really get a Sicily. I mean, I could have traded Whitfield, to be honest. I, I didn't get him. I didn't get him right. in the end because I couldn't. Yeah, well, I, I, I didn't get him, and I was forced to get Hewitt in the midfield for some reason just to be able to get him <laughs> in, I think it was. I can't even remember. Um, and I then couldn't get all of the value and all the players that were absolutely flying because I just... I didn't have these mid prices to be able to jump easily. I had no flexibility at all. I had yeah. I stuffed my team. I think it was twelve high end, relatively high end premiums. Um, you know, I guess how I thought the season would play out with the extra trade boosts was more. Hey, if I take more high end players and now I've got more trades, I'll cull the rookies more quickly and I'll be able yeah. to finish my team you know, faster than everybody, but have high-end players compared to people not having high-end players. What happened in reality was the mid-prices scored really well and there was many of them and I couldn't yeah. get any of them <laughs> or barely any of them. So yeah, yeah. people finish their team. I mean, I finished like early and putting in quotation marks and, and I think I finished at like round 14, but the top teams were finished going into the buys last yeah, season. Yeah. It was they, they, people had in the buys, they had two, the top teams literally had two premiums on the bench yep. when they finished their team. Um, I, I remember. I, so, I genuinely yeah. remember being sent a DM on Slack and like, oh, what should I do this week? And I'm like, what do you mean what should you do? You've got Dacos on the bench and it's round 10. Yeah. And he's swinging forward and back. Don't ask me. <laughs> there was teams that had Kerno at like four, when he was peaked at like 480K as yeah. F7 and then had Dacos at D9. And then had all fully premium side, like pretty much going into the buys. And I was like, oh man, how I'm looking at my team and yeah, I've got a lot of top end premiums, which I did have. And that, you know, helped me recover towards the end of the season because God knows I was 40K around seven and I could, you know, close in um, on the on the 5K um, as the season progressed. But, you know, I was done. I couldn't, I was playing catch up and trading in similar players as the people at the top anyway. Like I, I was way too far behind by that point in time like the starting strategy was wrong um it just didn't play out how i thought it might and uh yeah i guess this is this is the year to correct 
and make sure that we're spot on going into the season. So, yeah, we won't we won't let that happen again. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the thing that exacerbated it is as we've been talking about that upgrade cadence and everyone's so rapidly upgrading that once you fell behind, you're like, oh, I need to tweak a few things to kind of get back on the same path. You were infinitely far behind. You weren't catching them, and it was. As long as you were content with waiting until around 20 to get to a, a rank that you mm. were reasonably happy with. Like, it, I found last year one of the hardest years to go through because there was almost no light at the end of the tunnel because I'd fix one thing and they would, everyone else was just accelerating. You know what I mean? I yeah. literally couldn't catch up. I think um, the DPP changes didn't help with that. I think um, we got to round six and the changes came in and Parker had just banged out like a 150. So yeah. the next round, every person had to get Parker or they were going to be priced out. Um, and that was like the really common move. He was like, I think, 502K or something. He'd just gone up 30K last week. Um, and he pretty much was a must get. So we jumped on Parker, but everyone jumped on Parker. So I'm like, okay, well, this is another round. I can't catch up on everybody because exactly. I'm getting yeah. the same. Then Bont popped out off the top of my head. It was like a 160 that week. So then I was like, oh, man. And I have to get Bont this week because otherwise I'm going to be priced out of Bont and Pelly. <laughs> like Parker and Bont and Pelly were the two two best forwards. So you couldn't you couldn't not get them. You couldn't jump somewhere else because they end up being the best players for their price and as of their position. So yeah. now it's been two weeks, two whole weeks where I'm falling further behind both weeks because I'm just doing the same moves as everyone else and my team is worse than other people. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, well, thank God the next – you know, positional changes are in three weeks' time. I've got three weeks to catch up. So you make those those little changes in the three weeks, and then the changes, the DPP changes come in, and I, I spend the next two weeks doing the same move as everyone else. The process repeats itself. Yeah. So it, you were if you didn't start hot and you know capitalize on the DPP changes, um, it was very hard to catch up until very late in the season. Yeah, and look. Uh, we always laugh about you being a, a computer mainframe. I think we need to upgrade your, your, your RAM or your memory or something like that, Pistol, because uh, he was, I was a actually, generation behind. You know, he and went he, up 43.5K and went to 518.8K. So 502K is close. Close. And he did score exactly 150. Yeah, was, was, <laughs> the memory is a bit foggy, but it's rough numbers, not too bad. <laughs> that was the first time I thought about it since it happened. So that's I've got to remember that from like nine months ago. So I'll take some credit, thanks. Yeah, ir- irrespective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Pistol, thanks for sitting down with me, mate. Um, oh. Absolutely enjoy our Supercoach conversations um, and talking through some strategies and stuff that we'll, we'll use in the 2023 season. Um, if they want to find you on Twitter, where can they find you? Uh, you can find myself at pistol underscore drsc. Um, you can find JB, who's uh, currently sick, at jb underscore drsc, and Chizo with uh, Z underscore drsc. Um, but yeah, we'll. Uh, the game's launching, so it's back into Twitter season. I'm, I've been pretty quiet for the last <laughs> well, six months. Yeah, I logged on now. <laughs> I can't remember when was the last time I tweeted. Yeah, not, not for a long time. So, yeah, no, it's uh, Supercoach season, um, so there'll be more tweets. Survivor season, so unfortunately there'll be some of those tweets. Apologies in advance. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to uh, a great 2023 for all of us. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you do want to check out our Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash drsupercoach or drsupercoach.com.au to get some merch. We'll catch you all in the next episode.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 